Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello, everyone. Welcome. It is Friday, April 15th. Uh, I've recorded this intro now three times. The second time I just messed up. And we're recording this episode the second time, not because I forgot to record, (laughs) but because this time the fault is on Bailey. Yeah. It had to happen at least once. Everyone, Um, everyone gets, everyone gets one, you know? Yeah. Now, if it happens again, I'm, I'm at fault and then I'll just be recording it all by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey will just take a solo news segment all by himself. (laughs) But, um, yeah, today's Friday. Last night I pre-ordered Batman uh to watch to stream when it drops on tuesday breaking bad comes out next monday two episodes premiere um atlanta came out last night i can't wait to talk about that and amongst other things i mean it just this this next week today fantastic beast came out and next week we get the northman and the unbearable weight of massive talent so the the wheel is turning baby are you gonna buy are you gonna buy the batman bailey is that your plan I want to get the steel book. It looks so cool. I mean, it's just a red question mark on black, but it's the Batman. It's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, I agree. And Apple knows simplicity is key sometimes. That's true. So like we said, we've already recorded this once. So we're just going to jump right into the news. First up, an article came out from Variety yesterday, and they talked about some comments made during a Warner Bros. Discovery meeting. Um about the D overhaul of DC. And it appears that Zaslav, the CEO of the combined companies talked a lot about overhauling DC and making changes to it going forward. They want to quote, turn DC into its own solidified content vertical, probably much akin to Marvel studios where they have their, they are in charge of their production, all of these, you know, their, their own kind of isolated vertical business. They want to have a, quote, all-in effort to have the disparate elements more closely aligned in order to maximize the value of the superhero stable. He said that he might want a Kevin Feige-like figure, but if not, they want someone who can, quote, keep all different factions of DC working more harmoniously, such as comic books, movies, TV, video games. He believes that DC lacks, quote, coherent and creative brand strategy, and cited some successful movies commercially and critically, such as the Batman and Aquaman for potential, and also cited Todd Phillips' Joker and Margot Robbie's take on Harley Quinn as successful use of second-build comic book characters. Amongst the other thing, I think he said he they felt like maybe their movies could do things that more Marvel movies have yet to do or produce. And to me, this is kind of exciting news. And because Aslav seems to understand that DC has a treasure trove of content, especially in a franchise building industry, which we live in now, has a whole lot of content that they can use and create a franchise out of. And I think something else he noted was that their success as Warner Bros. Discovery could hinge on 
the use and appropriation of these characters in the media landscape. Bailey, how do you feel after reading and hearing about this Variety article? Uh, it's about time. I think it's finally happening. <laughs> and, it took uh, the whole Snyderverse for us to figure out. Yeah, and a completely different company buying the company <laughs> that owns that company. Honestly, I don't even know how Warner Brothers kept DC going as long as it did. I I don't know. Somewhere deep inside of me, I was hoping that Disney would have bought DC. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and monopoly, I, baby! It would definitely boardwalk. It would that's not. What, pass. That's what, yeah, that is. Yeah, that, that is them buying boardwalk and that whole stretch. I don't monopoly. even think that they can get anything else. Disney can. Oh, I, I no, feel like at this point not. it would be too much. This is really big news, and I, I think it's funny that I said it's about time because the ironic thing about that is it's probably not going to come to fruition for another like five to ten years um, until we start to see it beginning to happen like we may get some announcements of movies coming um at dc fandom later this year um but i i'm excited about this uh we still have to finish everything that we have like the aquaman franchise or trilogy or if they're going to do a trilogy um shazam black adam which i'm actually pretty excited for which got some drama which we talked about the other day um, there was somebody on that that got fired and accused um, allegations of sexual misconduct. So another DC movie with uh, controversy. Um, but I'm I'm just excited. This this is really good for fans of the comics and hope not the Snyderverse because I think they realize that it's just done. I'm I'm just really excited and pumped to see uh, these characters come come to life we need an actual green lantern movie that's not ryan reynolds <laughs> yeah ryan reynolds though in deadpool 2 and in the first deadpool very made, made it very clear that he understands what would wrong what would wrong with green lantern yeah and uh his previous appearance is deadpool and x-men origins but yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm super excited and something else that zaslav said is that he feels like a lot of dc characters have not gotten their due an example he brought up was superman uh who's played by henry cavill who was and now I believe is just floating up in the air as DC has turned again to, you know, oddly enough, Aquaman is a bigger movie maker uh, and commercial success than Superman, which was not the case historically. I think everyone thought of Aquaman as a joke, even comic book fans, and somehow Jason Momoa pulled it off. So I feel like Zaslav realizes there's a lot of things that DC can do better and build off of that they've yet to successfully do. So I agree. I'm as excited as you are. I'm excited to see where this new Warner Bros. Discovery merger leads to. They've already improved their Apple TV app. I don't know if you if you've checked that out recently. I haven't. Did it? Was that like in just today? It update for me. It updated today, and it works better. It's cleaner. It just. It just works better. I, I don't know how else to say it. I actually don't use the the app on Apple TV. I use it on uh, my my Sony TV, and so I, it's on Android. So I wonder if that's updated. I'll have to check it out. It's it probably did, and you know, because HBO Max sometimes was down there with the worst streaming interface with uh, Paramount horrible. Plus for me. Yeah, but both but I just checked it out, and it <laughs> yeah, they're both really bad. But I just checked it out, and it's and they've improved it a little bit. So I'm excited to see what will come of all of this. So 
that's the news that we got on the DC super meeting today that occurred. Do you have any more thoughts on that, Bailey? No, I'm ready to talk about your most anticipated movie for <laughs> whenever it comes out. For for my most anticipated movie, perhaps of all time. Yeah. Is uh, Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie. Uh, for those of you unaware, Greta Gerwig is a director. And she, her first breakout film, I believe, was Lady Bird. And the next movie she made was Little Women. She is in charge of directing the Barbie movie. And it looks like this cast is kind of rounding out. Bailey, who's who's starring in this movie? Why? Who are we going to see represent Barbie in real life? <laughs> well, I, I don't think it comes as any surprise for a lot of this cast because Margot Robbie and Ryan Jocelyn, they're, they're just... Everybody calls them perfect casting for this role, these roles, as Barbie and Ken. And there, there's not much we can say to disagree with them, but... Other casting in this comes out of left field, like Will Ferrell, Kate McKinnon, Simu Liu, uh, Emma Mackey, who's Margot Robbie's uh, doppelganger, America Ferreira, and more people I'm sure we'll hear about in the coming weeks. But um, I'm I'm waiting to see a first trailer for this before I before I dismiss it right away. And the reason I say that is just because of Greta Gerwig's. Uh, reputation with her last two films. I think she's a very talented director, and I think that she can bring something pretty cool to this, but it's very weird. I don't know. Like, you think of the character Barbie, and you think, oh, pink everything, and I know they've tried to change that recently with the different toys that they've made, but um, I'm I'm intrigued. I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I'm intrigued by what they could bring to this movie yeah i agree because i feel like um greta gerwig as a director is very critically uh claimed her films lady bird and little women were both well revered among critics and film lovers even though i've yet to see them so that's on me I'll, but i'll, I'll I just lend know you that... little women <laughs> <laughs> you'll lend me little women i need it on the vhs copy because that's the only thing i've got in my house that's not okay. an apple tv yeah. All right. I, well, so and I and I hand crank it. If you have, if you have the app movies anywhere, I can lend it to you. Oh, you're right. You're right. I don't have that one. Interestingly enough, I do need to get that one. But yeah, I feel like it's she's one of those you know kind of indie small time film directors that is making a jump to a franchise movie. And directors before her that did this were you know I think of Ryan Coogler who had made. You know, Fruitvale Station was one of his most acclaimed movies, but it wasn't super popular. And then he got Creed first, and then Black Panther and did well, did well with both of those franchises. And James Gunn, who before he had directed Guardians of the Galaxy, his most expensive movie was a $15 million movie called Slither. And then he broke out and directed Guardians of the Galaxy, which is, you know, one of those cultural landmarks in, in terms of Marvel movies. And there's Chloe Zhao. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, whichever <laughs> so way it go falls. either way. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends. It just depends on the watershed, which way the which way it goes. But I'm, I do agree. I'm kind of excited. I, we don't know anything about this movie. We just know who's in it and who will direct it. And to some degree, right now, that's, kind of enough maybe this idea in my mind is better in theory than it will be in execution because <laughs> i don't even know if they're going to be like dressed up as or i don't know if they're going to be humans if they're going to like be plastic i just want to see ryan time. jostling with the little 
the plastic line in his elbow, like moving around, <laughs> like how they move around in uh, Toy Story. That would be pretty funny. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Ryan Gosling fan, and that's the news that we have on the bar the Barbie movie. Uh, moving on, we have The Northman, which had a final trailer drop just the other day. And Bailey, you watched this, tr- correct? I did watch it, and it didn't do anything for me that the first trailer didn't do. Um, I think the first trailer was a better introduction to this than the new trailer. I feel like this trailer, since it came out a week before the movie premieres, it was just kind of like a reminder, like, say, hey, go get your tickets now because this movie's coming out, and you're going to like it. I'm just really excited to see Alexander Skarsgård in this. It looks intense. I really, I'm really curious as to how it'll perform at the box office. It's a big bet, $90 million budget, and it's going up against what is oddly to me another very anticipated movie in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent starring Nicolas Cage. And so I'm curious to see how it'll do, how it'll perform, because I feel like in a room of people, eight out of 10 people will choose to go see Nicolas Cage before they choose to go see The Northman. And I could be wrong. Maybe that's just the perception I'm getting, but I feel like all of social media, I see Nicolas Cage. He just had that Ask Me Anything on Reddit. It looks like people are going to turn out for this one. I, well, The Northman is dealing with the cage assaults. And um, <laughs> if you look at the two movies, The Northman is very... I don't want to sound like gender stereotyping, but it's very focused towards the male audience as far as the type of movie it is. I feel like uh, Massive Talent is going to be more palatable for a wider audience than The Northman is. Yeah, I feel like, I just feel like the unbearable weight of Massive Talent has this kind of generational reach. For example, my wife, born in 95, really wants to watch the unbearable weight of massive talent because Nicolas Cage was a national treasure. And that's her point of reference to Nicolas Cage. But I have a brother-in-law who will quote movies such as face off or con air or the rock as the greatest movies ever made because he grew up when back in the nineties, Nicolas Cage was this huge action star. So I'm really curious to see just who turns out for this movie. But yeah, I, I'm pulling for the Northman. I really want the Northman to be a can't success. Can't they both I, be winners? Yeah, can't they? I don't know. In, in, in the tales of the box office, two movies going up against each other are just, it's a, it's a grudge match. It's a boxing match. I'll see both of them, so I give them both credit where credit is due. <laughs> That's my plan. I'm going to see both of them. I'll talk about them, and then we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. But that's the news that we have on the Northman. Our last bit of news that we have today is about the Umbrella Academy. And I'll let Bailey take this one because I have not seen the Umbrella Academy and I must repent for it. Yeah, so the Umbrella Academy is a Netflix original show. It's based off of a comic or a graphic novel. And uh, it's it's wacky. That's about as good as I can say it. Uh, The first season is very good. The second season wasn't as good as the first, but it was still pretty good. Um, And the... The promotion for this movie is starting to kick up pretty into high gear, um, and it's getting really good. I'm I'm very excited to see how the season does. I'm hoping that it's better than the last one, um, and if if the first couple episodes of this new season aren't that good, um, 
And so we'll we'll see. But there's there's a clip that came out a couple weeks ago that they've been promoting a lot more on their Twitter page and their Instagram. And then um and then there's also a um a couple posters that they've been releasing for the new characters that are gonna be introduced into this show. And so it's it's exciting for fans of the series, but um yeah, if if you're if you got some time to kill and you wanna binge something, watch the first season of Umbrella Academy. You could do with or without the second season. Um, it does kind of complete the story of the first season, but it also leaves stuff hanging for the end. And so, I don't know. Up to you. Take it or leave it. It's a decent show. I don't know. I don't know that I have enough time to to binge all the all of the Umbrella Academy because I stopped to watch all these Nicolas Cage movies before next weekend. <laughs> gotta and watch then Better Call Saul. National. Yeah, I gotta watch Face Off. National Treasure. Pick. Driving Miss Daisy. Mandy. That's not what it's called, but yeah, Mandy. All of these movies. So, <laughs> Driving um, Miss Daisy. Dri- yeah, that's the Morgan Freeman one. I forgot <laughs> the one that he is, but he drives Very around different. the vice president. If you're a fan of the Umbrella Academy, that comes out in June, I believe. Correct? Yeah, the latter half of June. I don't know the day. I'll just wait until Netflix reminds me. <laughs> so, Umbrella Academy comes out in season two. You can stream that on Netflix, and that's all that we have for in terms of news today. But something I wanted to talk about is the Halo TV show. Because a few pods ago, you said, I'm just going to stick through it. I'm going to watch it. And I was like, why would you do that if you think it's bad? But you know what? I jumped on the, I jumped on the train with you. I'm doing my civic duty as a film forward slash TV buff to watch things that I might not care about. And... What's hard for me is that I care about Halo. I I played these games growing up, and the story is so great, and the, the games are great. And this TV for me is just a massive letdown. So far, I feel like I don't understand why somebody would say, as they're making a show, we tried to avoid the video games. Because the only thing that I can think of is Neil Druckmann, who is the game director and a co-writer and director on the last of us TV show said that and, and the games he, he wrote and directed the games and is now helping to write and direct the TV show. He said, I didn't want to make it a movie with Sony because Sony wanted it to be an action movie. And he said, but what they didn't understand is that even though there's action in the game, it serves as a train to get the character from one point to the another because they're really the stories about these human relationships. And I feel like, why wouldn't you see, he understands the game itself. He understands what makes it special. And as a director of a show or something, if you're not playing the thing that makes it special, how are you going to translate that? You know? And the other thing that bothers me is that there's a lot of interesting things that I feel like they kind of brush over. And then they focus on the most random or uninteresting plots to me. One of the most frustrating plots in this whole show is this rebel um, child who is very important for who knows what reason. But I don't know, Bailey. What what are your thoughts so far on the Halo TV series? You mean Baby I'm, Yoda? I'm, I'm, I'm caught up. Um, it's the Mandalorian for Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's what I compared it to, which I don't know if that's a fair comparison it's, because this, it's not even that good. No, it's horrible. I've tried watching. So you know, how I I you mentioned it that I've been I would stick this show out, and I watched the first two episodes and I got through them, and I've watched the third episode four times now, um, and not because I enjoyed it so much, uh, but because I've fallen asleep halfway through every single time that I've watched it. <laughs> I do not like this show. <laughs> and I'm and trying, you're not alone. I'm trying so hard to like this show. But it feels... This is no dig on the Sci-Fi channel. Sci-Fi has put out some decent stuff. I'm so, I'm so glad you're going to say this. Continue. It feels like a Sci-Fi show. A Sci-Fi channel show. And yes. I, I don't like it. I was really hoping for something that was, I don't even know what I was hoping for. I was hoping to visit amazing worlds. I was hoping to get this amazing, like amazing CGI shots. Like I I would have liked it to be more like Avatar. Like I was expecting kind of something like that with, with guns and Master Chief and and uh, the aliens. I don't even know what the aliens are called in this. Um, but I, I, I've, I have no interest in this show. I no <laughs> and interest. Episode five at comes all. out next week. <laughs> and I, I don't know why. Like for some reason, as soon as the the lizard lady shoots the the space snakes across the table, I pass out. <laughs> and that's like the most intense part of the third episode. You know, something that you said that's really interesting and that I kind of want to speak on is that you said it feels like a very sci-fi channel TV show. Again, no dig on sci-fi, but I feel like when I was expecting this show to come out, I was hoping for something prestige. And, you know, a close comparison that I feel like is is Foundation. Have you seen that show? I haven't finished it, but it's really good. Yeah, it's a sci-fi show. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is the most beautiful... I. I got to pause you right here. Foundation is probably one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen. Like that is the perfect use of CGI and rant. Well, the reason I bring that up is because that book is they base it on a book and the book, I guess is just a bunch of people sitting in a room talking about how the world's going to end. And that's the whole book. And yet they've translated it into this show and have, tried to and elevate it, you know, to a form of storytelling that's, that's, you know, adult and mature and nuanced. And I feel like a lot of the Halo TV show is very handholdy or childish to some degree. It's like, it's trying to strike this weird balance, but some of the interesting concepts that are introduced in the show, and maybe they'll circle back to it, are never explored more in depth. Like, the idea that she made a, an, an artificial intelligence out of an illegal cloning procedure. And, you know, the the conversation and discourse that could be had around that, especially in the show, you know, is what is the what is morality when it comes to, you know, this war and trying to survive not just a battle, but an extinction? And what is the morality of kidnapping hundreds of kids training them under brutal regime, killing half of them by trying to upgrade them 
and then using them in battle. And not only that, but ripping them of all of their emotions. All like there's so many questions that I feel like the show could t- to tackle, but it's stuck between trying to be entertaining visually and like story wise, like again, the whole rebel story with this girl, I feel like that's there for, you know, people who want sort of like a goonie. They want the Mandalorian. Yeah. It's just, I feel like Paramount came at this and they were like, Halo is our Mandalorian and we're going to make the Mandalorian, but we're going to put master chief in instead of Mando. And we're going to put in some aliens that are from the Halo video games. And we're going to make it seem like it's Mandalorian. Because Mandalorian is kind of like hand-holding in the Star Wars universe. I would say so. Um, But there are a lot of deep cuts for fans. And I feel like Halo, from the way you're explaining it, hasn't really approached it in that direction. And, like, there's nothing against hand-holding throughout these things for like for me who only played one of the games and doesn't remember it i feel like that's that's okay just to get somebody into the idea of like this is halo but for even for the general audience i feel like i'm hating this show more and more as it goes yeah it's just you know and that's the thing is that the, the games aren't very handholdy. i was trying to explain this today to my wife as well that you know there's a lot of mystery and, you know, questions at the at the center of Halo. And I feel like they're trying to explore these mysteries, but also, like, be as upfront in your face about, oh, this is the mystery we should be focusing on, rather than allowing the characters and the audience as well to figure it out as they go along. I don't know. The show, for me, being a big Halo fan, and even at the end of Episode 3, I felt like, okay, maybe we're moving into a story that I recognize that I want to see play out. I'm excited to see play out. And then all of episode four, I thought, why are we still doing this? And why are we still on this planet? I cannot, I cannot stress enough that I do not like this rebel child storyline because I feel like in an adult television world, somebody would tell this child what you want is not important in the grand scheme of things. Get over it. But maybe that's me. Maybe I'm just harsh. But those are my feelings. Uh, what are your thoughts on, is it Pablo, Pablo Schreiber? <sighs> that's the other thing. He does not look like he should be in that role. The other thing that's hard for me is, is that if you think about the Mandalorian, they literally gave him a reason as to why he couldn't take off the helmet, right? And in the first episode of Halo, he says, I can't take this off. It basically powers my whole suit. And then for almost all of the time he's on screen, he's got his helmet off. He's just walking around helmetless. There's like even that mystique, like they've, they've demystified a lot of things and Master Chief being one of them, that it's almost just like they've taken these things that, you know, sometimes less is more. And I feel like they were like, we're going to go with more is more and it's not playing out right for me. And because even the way he interacts with people, and especially after the episode three part where he took out his emotion thing, like, I don't know, like, like, I feel like that would have been an interesting conversation to have. Maybe we'll have that later. Like these spark, these super soldiers knowing like you have an emotion inhibitor chip. Do you not feel about that? And maybe their response is something like at this point, the only thing that matters is us winning. 
So whatever it takes, I don't know. Like, I've, again, I feel like there's all these conversations that they could address, things that they could talk about, and they've just mishandled it. Paramount should just stick with Sonic. That seems yeah, to be a pretty really. good hit for them. And I don't think Halo's where it's at. I mean, they're going to make a second season. Who knows what they're <laughs> going to do with it? I'm, I am I have to watch this whole first season now because I'm doing it. Maybe in preparation and... for the second season, they'll play the video games. Oh, please. Please, <laughs> for the love of everything, play the video games. But yeah, those are my thoughts on Halo. I I don't think you would dis- you disagree much, right? Nah, <laughs> I nah nah. <laughs> this is uh, don't waste your time with Halo. We'll waste it for you. Maybe. <laughs> I'll I'll take a nap while I watch each episode, and then I'll give you my review because that's what it deserves is a nice long nap. It's something. My review of Halo is watch it while you fall asleep. It's a great way to fall asleep. Well, that should do it for our episode today. We are grateful for everybody who tuned in. Please be sure to like and subscribe to our our podcast. Let us know how we're doing. Um, You can follow us now on a couple of different platforms. Uh, You can reach us on Twitter through AB Cinema Podcast. You can reach us on Instagram. Our Instagram is abcinema.pod. On Letterboxd, we are just abcinema. And you can also reach us through our email at abcinema.pod at gmail.com. Please reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Give us your concerns, your comments, your ideas, your theories, your questions. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we hope that everyone has a great day. Have a great weekend. Let us know what movies you get to see and give us your thoughts. And uh, remember, as always, keep watching movies.